are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about The Golden Bachelor. I've got a couple things. One, corrections on yesterday. Two, one contestant, a new contestant that I found out the last name of, has a very interesting backstory. We're going to talk about Big Brother. I was right, but then I realized, well, you all probably knew what was going to happen last night because you follow along on the live feeds. We're going to talk about the challenge. There is something that I learned yesterday. Different point, not about the challenge. But there is something that I learned yesterday. I've been on this planet 48 years, and I did not know this. And this is something that changed, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that. Got to tell you about it. And, oh, yeah. You can now see the Eras Tour in the movie theaters starting on October 13th. I'll tell you if I was able to secure tickets to that. We'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Way. Sometimes small daily actions make a big difference, and when it comes to caring for your hair, a little goes a long way. Get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoos and conditioners that are just your type. TheWay.com. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your entire purchase. Way is spelled very different. It's TheWay.com. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your entire purchase. All right, let's get started. Thank you to everyone who reached out to me yesterday and told me how to correctly pronunciate the two restaurants that Leslie Fema, the contestant that's in the final two of The Golden Bachelor, her ex-husband owns in Minnesota. It is Fema's and it is Maison Margot. Did I correct pronounce that correctly? I was told that's the way it was. Maison Margot. That's where she had her hometown date, not at Fema's. But Leslie is in the final two. Obviously, the... Final rose ceremony I told you happened yesterday in Costa Rica. I have no idea who won. It's very early for that. I Again, it's one of these things where, as I said, during charity season and then compared it to Golden Bachelor, like, why did I not know whose charity's final three were until halfway through the season, but yet I knew who Gary's golden, you know, Gary's season of the Golden Bachelor, I knew who his final two women were before the season was even done filming. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Every season is different unto itself. So that's the best answer I can give you. Anybody who tries to guess and thinks they know how and where I get my information, you don't. Because most of the time, I don't. So how can you possibly know? Another interesting thing from yesterday. uh, I told you the story about April Kirkwood, the one who wrote a book about having an affair with Frankie Valli a decades-long affair that she wrote a book about it, and she first lost her virginity to him when she was 16 and he was 39. Well, I found out information about another one of Gary's women, and this is an interesting one. It's not disturbing like April's story is. Nancy, I forget what city she's from. I think she's from the... Baltimore or D.C. area. Her last name is Hulkauer, 
Nancy Holkauer. Anybody in the D.C. area recognize the last name? Well, she is the ex-wife of a well-known, a former well-known prosecutor in the D.C. area named Mark Holkauer. He handled a lot of CIA espionage cases, and he was the main prosecutor on the Aldrich Ames case, which I didn't even know who Aldrich Ames was until yesterday, but Aldrich Ames literally apparently was one of the worst spies, uh, one of the biggest CIA cases, and one of the worst spies in the history of the world. (laughs) So um, just know that Nancy Holkauer, her ex-husband, was the prosecutor on that case. He died of cancer back in 2011, I believe, is it. There's a picture of her online um, from back uh, 10 years ago. Uh, The NFL Players Association and the Chris for Life Colon Cancer Foundation and the Mark Hulkauer Foundation, her ex-husband, they presented the second annual Hulkauer tailgate party, and Nancy was there. There's a picture of her, but yeah, she is... um, She's the ex-wife of Mark Holkauer, a very prominent prosecutor in D.C. All right, something I brought up in the open yesterday that I did not even get to, and that happens sometimes. I have my notes in front of me on the computer screen, and I read the notes of, okay, this is the things I want to talk about. But then when I'm starting to talk about them, sometimes I just skip over it and I forget to read one of the notes. Well, yesterday I said, look, I don't want to give the former Bachelor contestant whose Instagram said he was dead, and then a day later we found out he was alive. I don't want to give him any more publicity than he needs. Um, uh, like I said, my I, I wasn't going to talk about him. I said, I'm glad he's alive, and my whole stance was, I hope he gets the help that he needs. And I just left it at that, and that's where we're going to go with that. What I will say, though, is this, because a lot of people commented on the fact that how are people reporting someone's dead based off an Instagram page? And the answer is because, you know, outside of the little Tay incident, which was like a month ago, most people, when an Instagram page posts about somebody's death or social media posts about somebody's death, yes, should, you know, TMZ or People or Us Weekly or EW, should they have tried to verify with some sort of death certificate? I mean, you want to say yes, but I'm sorry, in this day and age, you just don't you just don't think when you see a post like the one that went up the other day claiming that somebody had passed. You just don't immediately think, "Oh, fake. Oh, this was hacked." I mean, it's just it's not something you do. So you report, "Hey, this is what happened." So I know maybe a lot of people are jumping down their throat and reporting it too early, but you know, there were people in Bachelor Nation that were posting on their Instagram story. So if you're going to fault the media, then don't you have to fault those people too? You know, they're saying, oh, this guy passed away. Sorry to hear that. Um, I, you know, I did it, you know, because you immediately don't think, oh, he must have been hacked. You know, who thinks that on, on, a, on a post like that where there's an announcement that somebody has passed away? So I do not fault the news organizations for not securing some sort of death certificate before posting 
about the death. It's just you just don't immediately come to that conclusion when you see somebody post like that, especially something in Bachelor Nation where there is somebody who has had a history of mental health issues, something they've been vocal about. It's not like somebody else made it up that they were doing that. And that's and that's what he suffered from. So I would say just take it easy on that and gather on now when you look at the situation now, after the fact, knowing that he's alive. Now, what I would suggest you do is Google his name and look at every single story written about him. And then not I'm not talking about written about him in the last two days. Go back before that. And go back to see what he's been involved in. And then make your decision of whether or not you think this Instagram account was hacked. And somebody had it out for him enough to where they put on an Instagram account that he had died. And somehow he got his Instagram account back in 20 hours. You make your decision from there. Like I said. I really, really, I'm glad that he is alive. We don't need anybody else passing, uh, especially from this franchise due to suicide. I'm happy that he's alive. I just really hope he gets the help that he needs. So yesterday when I was talking about Big Brother, I was saying, look, something big's going to happen tonight, and I think things are going to change. And I think there's going to be a Big Brother shakeup happening tonight. Well, I said that on yesterday's podcast, not having followed any of the live feeds. I did not know who won the power of invincibility, who was even in it, the four people that were in it, who won it, and what the talk was surrounding it. My guess is all of you that are following along on the live feeds were probably listening to me yesterday going like, wow, Steve really went out on a limb there considering Matt and Sari literally said to each other, this is what we're going to do now. (laughs) And which is take Jag off the block. So to back up a little bit, the power of invincibility is given, voted on by America, and America voted Sari, Corey, Matt, and Jag as, I guess, the four favorites in the house. And those four competed by rolling a ball down a board and landing it in the fastest time. Not very hard. Considering Matt did it in 45 seconds or whatever it was, it's like, okay, clearly... This wasn't that hard of a challenge. Something that can be done in 45 seconds is not a hard challenge. Yes, it was for, it was for Sari. It took her 12 minutes. But if somebody does it in 45 seconds, not hard. So Sari, Corey, Matt, and Jag competing it. Matt ends up winning it uh, by doing it in 45 seconds. And he's given the opportunity that he can save an evicted house guest in the next two evictions. And we saw his conversation with Sari, where he basically told her, I won. What do you think I should do? They talked it out, and Sari said, oh, my gosh, it was really screw up Cameron and Red's game if you save Jag. So I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that that conversation was on the live feed. So anybody that's been watching live feeds knew Matt was going to save Jag last night, right? And even if it wasn't, you knew that Matt won Power of Invincibility. So, yeah, I I thought I I I just knew the way they were promoting it. I knew it was going to be something where 
Jag or Blue wasn't going home. I didn't know if they were going to be replaced or whatever. I just knew we weren't getting a eviction last night or the two people that were up for eviction knowing that Red the night before had not used his power of veto on anybody. I just knew that one of those two wasn't going home. Something was going to happen, and and that's what it was. And I said that not knowing anything that was going on on the live feeds. But once again, how many votes have we had this season? Four? And every single one of them has been unanimous? Like, it's just... I get that you got to do the house vote, and I get once that there's a side that wants somebody out, you, you're really sticking your neck out by not going that way, and you're kind of showing your cards, but these votes are so anticlimactic because they're all unanimous. Now, something that's interesting to me about Cameron and Red, you know, it's funny because Cameron and Red are sitting there and saying, oh my gosh, Sari, Izzy, and Felicia they're going to cut us any second we can get. You know, the, the second they can, they're coming after us. It's like, great. You might be able to see that, Cameron and Red. Good job. So why are you <laughs> why are you putting Jag and Blue up <laughs> on the nominations? Like, they're very well aware. And I, I understand that they're in, like, an alliance that they think they're in, but Cameron's still kind of trying to cut other deals with other people. And he knows that Suri and Izzy and Felicia are after him. It's like, then why are you going after Jag and Blue? If you know the, if you know those three, and he's like, well, if 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 Jag or Blue happen to win Power of Veto, I've got a backup plan, and he was going to put Izzy up there. How about you put Suri, Izzy, Suri, Felicia, or Izzy Felicia up there, and stop talking about Jag and Blue? Like, I I don't understand their thought process on this, but again, maybe I. And not well versed in this game. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense at this point. And when I was watching the eviction last night and I'm watching everyone go in and vote, man, can you find two more nondescript people this season on Big Brother than McCole and Bowie Jane? Like they have gotten zero, I don't want to say zero camera time, but compared to how many confessionals, Blue and Corey and Suri and America, well, America just has not a lot, but. She's at least involved in a storyline. Like, McColl is just, she's there. She's playing the game. But my gosh, talk about nondescript. <laughs> like, no storyline whatsoever so far. Same with Bowie Jane. It's almost like, why are we, even, why would those, why would those two ever be up for eviction? From what we've seen on CBS, maybe something's going on on the live feeds I don't know about, but from what we've seen on CBS, they are involved in nothing. They don't say anything. They don't seem to stir any sort of drama. You would just keep them around and take them to the end because you know you're going to beat them. I, I I don't think that they've – are they even playing the game? I, it could Like I said, it could just be the editing, and I'm sure it is just the editing, but least amount of camera time by far is McColl and Bowie Jane. They are just getting none compared to everybody else who's there. For the first bit in the season, for the first few episodes, it was like, where's Red? They never showed him, and they never gave him many um, confessionals. But now that he's teamed with Cameron, we've seen him a lot the last few episodes, and he won Power Veto. But, yeah, McColl and Bowie Jane, just no TV time whatsoever. 
All right, let's talk about the challenge last night. Um, I can't say I'm remotely surprised that Tiffany lost because Tiffany has been just an absolute nightmare in all the comps. And when I say absolute nightmare, that isn't a compliment. She just hasn't been very good. She even, you know, broke down crying, saying she hasn't been good in any of the challenges. She doesn't know why. She just and then that one last night in the arena, I mean, losing ten to one, I mean it just wasn't I, I'm not really sure exactly what her place is in this game going forward in future seasons because she's not she doesn't seem to be much of a competitor, and I don't know if this show is for her. But we finally got the Alyssa Tyler hookup that we knew was coming this season, and then TJ at the end of the episode just booyah! This is now a single elimination game. No teams. Everybody's playing for themselves. What a surprise when right now I believe the Vets, not having written anything down and looking at the numbers here, it seems like the Vets can run the table now. And the Vets, assuming as long as they can control the vote, it seems like. If you've got, let me think off the top of my head, you got Wes, you got Bananas, you got Tori. Yeah, the big brother people of Fessy and Josh are big brother people, but they're also Vets. Um I'm also I'm forgetting I, I know I'm forgetting other people, but this seems this seems very fitting that this is where they took out the teams and is like, okay, let's let's see if the let's see if our favorites can get to the end. And I think they will. But like I said, I don't know spoilers. I don't want to know spoilers. Maybe they don't. Maybe we do have a bunch of rookies in the finals this season or people that we haven't seen uh as much and we're and we're less familiar with. But yeah, I mean, just looking at it, just looking at it, it seems like the vets can control the vote going forward. All right, here's something that I did not know. I saw this meme yesterday, and this is probably going around for a while because it's it's been a thing for a while. But I, sw- I swear I didn't know this, and some of you might even think, yeah, of course, because. We've seen the way you run your blog, but I saw this tweet, and it says, Dear friends older than 37, you don't have to put two spaces after the period anymore. That was for the typewriter era. You're free. Honest to God, I had no idea. I took, I started high school in 1993. I took typing my first semester of high school year, of freshman year. And I never took another typing class after that because I became very proficient in typing by just taking one semester of it. But in 1993, you were typing on typewriters. And it's it was always two spaces after a period. So I can honestly say, until yesterday when I saw that tweet, I had no idea it was changed. <laughs> no clue. I've been typing... I've been double spacing after a period on computers forever. Ever since I ever since I've learned how to type, whether it's on a typewriter or on a computer, I've always put two spaces after the period and I had no idea that that changed. When I did a little research, it looks like it changed about 10 years ago. Well, I'm late to the party. And now, even knowing it, it's going to be very hard for me not to do it. You know when I don't do it is on Twitter. On Twitter, I usually only leave one space. 
I think. Most of the time. I don't, well, <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe I don't. But it's going to be hard. That's a hard habit to break when you've literally been typing for 30 years to all of a sudden only leave one space after a period. But am, am I alone in this? Please tell me. If you're listening to this right now, please tell me that you you didn't know this either. Was there a memo passed around? I was never told this. And clearly, ever since I graduated college in 1997, I've never gone back to school for anything, so I wouldn't have heard it anywhere in the education field. Was there an announcement? Was there a an email passed around that said, hey, everybody, by the way, you don't need to double space after periods anymore? How did I not hear this in the last 10 years? Maybe it's been earlier. I thought I saw something where it said about 2014 is when the education system, so nine years ago, when the education system kind of put it out there that, no, you don't have to. Maybe it was earlier. I don't know. I could have read something wrong, but <laughs> I did not know that. Boy, do I feel dumb. So please, someone else, join me in my club of dumb and tell me you hadn't heard that either so I don't feel completely stupid. And finally, did you see Taylor Swift's announcement yesterday? Starting on October 13th and running until November 5th, the Eras Tour is coming to a movie theater near you. AMC has partnered with Taylor Swift, and they're going to show it in all AMC theaters. There's like apparently 950 AMC theaters. They're also showing it in some Cinemark theaters as well. But AMC has the most of them. They are showing it in Cinemark theater, AMC theaters in 950 all across the United States starting on October 13th, ending on November 5th, and you're going to get to see her Eras Tour. You might want to go get tickets now. I was able to secure tickets yesterday. Um, there's a lot of AMCs around where I am or within at least 10 to 15 miles. So I was just searching around for best times and closest. And, you know, I found one about uh, one of the it's actually I'm actually going to a Cinemark one that's about uh, 10 miles from me. But, yeah, that's um, that is probably the best news ever, because now I get to see the concert again. And before, when I saw her on March 31st at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, it was me screaming my head off with 70,000 other people. Now it'll be me screaming my head off with, what, 100 people in the theater with me? <laughs> That'll be fun. It'd be like a sing-along, right? It's essentially what it's going to be. You're just going to go to the movie and watch her concert on a big screen. So I'm excited. I hope other, I hope any of you who are Taylor Swift fans saw that news yesterday, immediately went to AMC and found a theater near you and bought tickets because it's going to be pretty fun to do that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review as well. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's uh, weekly podcast with Casey, uh, Casey Costa. Just wait till next week. Uh, very much uh, a longer interview, almost 90 minutes long, more than 90 minutes long. And it is a deep dive into her backstory, and it's fascinating stuff that you're going to want to hear. But I hope everyone has a great weekend. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. If you're interested, check that out. We've got some more gambling stuff for you heading into our first full weekend of college football tomorrow. But, again, thank you all for listening and supporting. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Monday. See you.